0: Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Today's Song of the Soul guest, Jonathan Foster, is located in Northern California, but he reached out to me here in Wisconsin because he'll be performing at the Trumpelo Hotel about 60 miles from me on July 27th as part of his coming out of COVID tour across the country. I checked out his music, found magic and melody and even some mirth in his songs and sensed his deep connection with the earth. So I enthusiastically invited him in. Jonathan has great folk, country, rock, lyrics, and sounds grown out of his origins in the shadows of the Adirondacks of the eastern U.S., now thriving in the Rockies. Look on northernspiritradio.org for bonus excerpts that won't fit in this broadcast. But right now, we head to Redding, California, to talk to Jonathan Foster. Jonathan, I'm so happy to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Tell me a little bit about Redding. I know that KFOI has been carrying my programs and not too far away is Round Mountain. And on KKRN there, they've been carrying my programs. And I know just a little bit about Northern California. I hitchhiked through back in 1977 and fell in love, right, in some of the areas in the north there.
1: Yeah, I'd say a few things may have changed since then. I'm reporting from lovely Redding, California today, where the sun is shining, which is not an uncommon event. We have a a lot of sunshine here during the year, a city of about 90,000 people, and we are surrounded on about three sides of National Forest, which kind of makes us a little bit of a destination at the north end of the Central Valley into the foothills of the Cascade Mount. It's a very beautiful setting, and I hope that's what Probably you remember from a few years ago as well. That's my connection here too, is the outdoors.
0: I remember the beautiful, actually the feeling I had hitchhiking and just saying, I could just stay here. I don't care if they pick me up or not. You grew up near the Adirondack Mountains, and then you moved all the way across the country. Are you particularly in love with mountains? You could say, yeah. I
1: mean, (laughs) when I spend time in the forest or in the mountains, I crave the ocean, too. But I I never like to be too, too far away from that. So I've always been on one side or the other, it seems. But yeah, I definitely have a connection to the hills. Here in Reading. we're kind of at the end of the flatland, into the big mountains here. And so you get the best of both worlds. There's a similarity in, I grew up in the foothills of the Adirondacks. And the high peaks there are only upwards of four to 5,000 feet. And here you you can ride your bicycle at 5,000 feet, not too far from here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the Rocky's a little different.
0: You mentioned science, and obviously for at least 10 years, you've been putting out a number of albums, uh, four or five, maybe six now. It's coming out in June. You've got your newest one. And I noticed that you also play play guitar, besides the wonderful vocals that you do, uh, harmonica. I've also seen uh, percussion and piano. Were you a a music major? Were you a biology major? Were you just everything? (laughs) We all wear different hats from
1: time to time. I went to school specifically for biology degree, and I'm still a professional working biologist part-time with music is taking over, which is fantastic for this year. But yeah, from an instrumental standpoint, I just like to dabble. I mean, we had our our college band course, but uh, none of us were music majors, (laughs) either art students or scientists. And so I, I just like picking up new things. And so there's a piano behind me, but I don't consider myself a piano player. But I do play a lot of acoustic guitar, some electric guitar, a lot of harmonicas. I like things that make interesting noises. On this new album, Lantern Shade, that I'm releasing, there are a lot of cool sounds that I was really excited about. I got to spend more time last year uh, staying home, experimenting a little more with some flutes and whistles and more like rudimentary percussion instruments, both from Europe and um, to Native American styles of, of sound. So you get these little nuggets uh, mixed in with some of my recordings that might have uh, something completely different than you used to seeing just like the acoustic singer-songwriter in the corner of the coffee house, for example, that I typically
0: do live. <laughs> but that's a place you'd like to hang out right the singer songwriter in the corner of the coffee house that's a, that's a place that you feel at home right
1: yeah when you have that listening audience whether it's at the traditional stylings of the new york city coffee house or somewhere in, in rural america where you can kind of geek out on your poetry or your songwriting emote that uh you know your vocals with your guitar that's kind of the dream scenario it doesn't always happen i guess it's more of a a traditionalist of a folk musician that's definitely where i'm I'm happiest
0: Tell me how science connects with, relates to, supplements. I mean, obviously, it can supplement in terms of an income. It's not easy to make money for most people in making music. It's a lot of work and a lot of travel. You have to uproot yourself to be able to pursue the audiences, except this past year, which has been a very different year that way. So what is science uh, working in biology? What are you doing?
1: I get to call myself a wildlife biologist or a wetland ecologist. And so my degrees in conservation biology are, I guess, technically it's environmental and forest biology. I moved west specifically for a job, took a two-year internship with the federal government and kind of got a niche in wetlands. And then about the last dozen plus maybe more of my career, I've been a consulting biologist. My expertise is in compliance with Endangered Species Act, Clean Water Act for both state and federal. And so I get out onto lands and I assess the environmental baseline. What's the functionality of the habitats? How is water being um, allocated throughout the lands? And how are uh, the regulations that we have in the state and federal, if people want to do things to the land, how do those interconnect? And then so basically I map and write reports that creates an environmental baseline of what's out there in the environment before people may want to do everything from large scale restoration projects to large scale potential development projects to expand our highways or our utility infrastructure or our water resources. There's a wide range of things that I've been involved with in that, but basically the last um, eight years, I'm, I'm just focused on uh, writing the narrative of what the environmental baseline is on a piece of property out there, whether public or private.
0: Well, why don't we get going with some of your music? What do you care to share today first, Jonathan? Well, why don't we start with
1: I have a brand new record that I mentioned, Lantern Shade, that comes out June 1st. And the very first track on that, which maybe was the onus for knowing that I was going to have another album, it's called Stardust Saltwater.
0: And what's this about? Obviously, you've thought about this as we're talking about the natural world and protecting and saving and species.
1: This one's definitely more about the human species side of things. But last year, I spent a lot of time alone. My wife works in the healthcare industry and had a bear of a year. I kind of hit the reset button on everything and did a lot of camping, a lot of hiking, a lot of writing, a lot of painting, And this one, I really needed to get away from town and away from the news, and I got out in the woods. And there's the first big thunder and lightning storms of the year came through while I was out in the woods that started our first fires last summer in Northern California. It was just a really bizarre day. I was very uneasy that evening, but I felt like I got this kind of little half make-believe story out of it that the center of it is that we're all the same. Uh, stardust and salt water, um, kind of what human beings are potentially made out of at the at the biological uh, <laughs> a, a metaphor if you will, and then just with everything that else is going on, churning in my brain, mental health checks from our social unrest, political unrest, of course, our pandemic that 's going on, and there's definitely a theme in the album that is related to that. This song came out as much of a pop song, if you will, out of, out of most of what I write. It's not super complicated, but I try to get the drama of these thunder and lightning storms. I'm out in the woods. I'm questioning everything. Just really pleased how this, this song came
0: together. And we're speaking with Jonathan Foster. The song is Stardust Saltwater.
2: She walks like a pixie, talks like a ghost She must feel so lonely, driving alone But her sundress is flowing, her hat of gold A perfect day planned with nowhere to go Stardust, salt water, someone The last sight, no lottery winnings, just comma points. With summer storms passing, and we'll light a fire, tell stories of good times, echoes, and pine needles dance in the skies. Stardust, salt water, someone, son or daughter. Stardust. Salt water, someone, son or daughter. And what I know and believe to be true is I'm living enlightened insanity like there's five hundred caves making your teeth bleed. Stardust in salt water eternity. Star- Someone, son or daughter. Stardust, salt water. Someone, son or daughter. And I am the richest person you know. I'm a privilege of wonder like silver or gold. Never feeling so small to the canyon's walls. Drum roll. The smell of the forest The sound of the stream Sleep like a baby And eat like a king There is no better place In the whole world to be Than up in these mountains Clearing your brain Stardust Salt water Someone Son or daughter Stardust all water and someone, son or daughter but well, he walks like a pixie talks like he's free he's ever so lonely sitting under this tree with his dirty feet soaking his hat green. a perfect day canceled still live in the Privilege of wonder like silver or gold, never feeling so small to the canyon's wall drum roll.
0: We've got Jonathan Foster here today for Song of the Soul. His website, you can get to it by typing in jonathanfostermusic.com. The link is on northernspiritradio.org. Stardust, Saltwater was that song. And I have one very big important question for you, Jonathan. And that is, what does it look like when a pixie walks and you have both the man and the woman walking like a pixie. And I'm just wondering if you could demonstrate to us how that is on camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I guess if I could, um, for me, the word is just more of an animation word. I don't know exactly what it means per se, but carefree, I guess, would be the the synonym that I would do. I, do I really have to walk for it?
0: No, 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 you don't. You're free. You're a free and liberated man. You do not need to walk like a pixie, but the, I was putting the image in my mind and just trying to figure it out. I I guess I haven't known enough pixies. Free spirit. <laughs> so we're all stardust and we're also saltwater. How far is it from you to actual saltwater?
1: It takes about three hours drive time. The mileage is far less than that. It's a beautiful windy road on the State Highway 299, mostly along the Trinity River through the Trinity Mountains and then over into the Coast Range. So if you're, if you're driving safely, give yourself three hours and you're at the Humboldt Bay, basically at Eureka, and Eureka in McKinleyville. And the North coast is wonderful up here. Spend a lot of time over there.
0: Well, there is so much that's beautiful there. Again, as I was hiking in 1977, when I was hitchhiking north on 101, is that right? The 101 is the name of the road, right? Back then, I think now you've got five or something like that. But in any case, it it was such a beautiful, just won my heart. I can see why you'd fit there. Again, this past year has been a time for being less plugged in than usual. You didn't have your touring. Did you have to cancel a whole big tour kind of thing?
1: Yeah, shows started dropping in March, and I'd only had about half of my route. So when the news started coming out, everything went on pause because I knew there was a good chance either a the tour was not going to glue together to justify it or b everything was going to be shut down and um, so it was the first time i ever had to cancel shows and i had shows canceled on me but it didn't take long to realize next summer you know the summer was not going to be the summer that you thought it was going to be and um, yeah there's a lot of shifting gears and i definitely did a fair amount of online streaming that did tail off both for it. It's, a, it's a, just a different beast to get excited about and to try to refocus on what's most important, both as an artist and just balancing that screen time between social media interaction, news, and you know otherwise just um, you know, our day-to-day lives with how many emails and communications that we, we need to do for our jobs. So, yeah, I feel like I ha- got reconnected with my garden and spending time in the woods. Most of these were written out, you know, on camping trips or, or hikes, type of thing,
0: including that one in the Trinities. You're significantly younger than I am. Your beard still has all its beautiful dark hues. Mine used to be brown, reddish, and now I look mainly like Santa Claus, I understand. What is your age? What was the first band music? I mean, I see the Beatles pictures on the wall behind you. And, you know, that was my growing up age, right? Abbey Road came out, I think, when I was 16, so on. So about your influences, where'd they come from? I'm 42.
1: I was born in the late 70s, right at that Generation X break off, I guess they say. So growing up, uh, my parents were big music fans and had a great LP collection with the Beatles and the Stones and Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell and the likes in it if they graduated high school in the, in the late 60s. And so those are my first music memories. I, I assume that they played Beatles when I was in the, the womb. And I always had a connection to those iconic albums like Abbey Road, Revolver, The White Album, Sgt. Pepper's. That's my first memory of, of music is those records that they would play at home. And then, you know, when you Get into your teenage years you want to you know your parents aren 't cool anymore for a minute. you listen to what the sound of the day is and i I grew up with half the media was in Canada and half the media was in the United States and in the eighties and nineties had a lot of post seventies and even post like glam rock and rolls the shift into more alternative rock and country rock and Canadian rock I guess were my my teenage years. But I always gravitated towards when bands scaled it down and used an acoustic guitar to play a rock and roll song, whether it was in the 60s, 70s, 80s, or in the 90s. And I knew I wanted to have that sound if I was ever able to take the time to learn properly or take the time. And in my case, to teach myself how to play the guitar, where at least it would sound good enough for somebody else to say, hey, that's okay. And... uh, (laughs) So I've always appreciated um, many, many styles of music. Even into, I'll listen to. I would say there's good songs, and then there's songs that I, you might hit skip on, and they might include my songs too, depending on the listener, and they're going to have their own interpretation. But I can listen to any type of music, and I do appreciate all types of music. We just may not like all types of songs per se. But so, if that a really long answer, short. Uh, Did I answer your question? (laughs) I love music.
0: (laughs) Well, it shows good taste. Give us a sample of some more of your music so that people can get to know who Jonathan Foster really is on the music side.
1: Yeah. So, you know, like I said, we're releasing our fifth studio album, Lantern Shade, that's coming out June 1st. But let's go back in time a a little bit. And I think you're going to play a song from... 2015 album, Help Me Run. And this song is called River's Name. And it's a little bit about where I grew up in the Northeast. I grew up above the Oswagatchi River that flows into the St. Lawrence River, which, of course, is the major waterway between Canada and the United States. So this is just a little fable of an homage of, of home and, you know, a little bit between being homesick and just appreciating uh, where you come from.
0: The song is River's Name by Jonathan Foster.
2: With the forgotten sound and If you close your eyes You can not see those days These endless nights Clearer than the water will ever be Clearer than the water will ever be By the bonfire glow, Skinny girls sharing echoes Songs from yesterday Swimming under the moonlight And if you close your eyes You can't see those nights When you looked at me Clearer than the water will ever be Clearer than the water never be going down the hollows that old muddy river mama headed to the mountains with my friends growing up you seem so far forget that river's name You forget that river's name And I'm never content Never seems to fail Brandy-colored water of the windfall and if you close your eyes You can see those days With the cloudless sky Clearer than the water will ever be Clearer than the water will ever be River's name. You forget that river's name. Don't forget that river.
0: Jonathan Foster is joining us today from Redding, California. That song River's Name was on his 2015 release Help Me Run. His website is jonathanfostermusic.com. There's even shorter thing you can type in. You'll find out about that when you go to the site. But the link is on northernspiritradio.org and River's name. And you said in referring to that song, Jonathan, that it's a bit of a fable. Is it not autobiographical as well?
1: It is. Yeah, it, it's kind of trying to capture those memories as a, as a kid where you don't have as many responsibilities and you could kind of wander around and you know, maybe your your mom's yelling that it's dinner time or things like that, or seeming like endless days that you get to hang out with your friends that you don't realize it at the time, but those moments are finite when you start taking on adult responsibilities as an older person.
0: So absolutely, yeah. Was it your love of the outdoors that got you into biology or was it some other motivation?
1: Yeah. So I, I remember as a teenager thinking, okay, I know I'm gonna take the academic route. I know I'm not going to take the sports or the music route at this point. What career can take me so that I'm working outside? (laughs) And I wasn't the greatest science student in high school. I had to work a little harder at it, but I was good at math. And um, I took all the art courses that I possibly could too. But I got good enough grades to get into a a decent school to focus on that aspect. And I, I definitely have utilized my four year bachelor's degree a lot more than some of my cohorts that, you know, some don't work in that industry anymore. So I feel very grateful for that path. Somehow it's like, I just want to be outside. (laughs) We could kind of (laughs) figure out a a little niche in that. So, yeah, you you hit it on the head there.
0: And I understand that we have a common acquaintance. In your case, this was a teacher of yours, Robin Kimmerer. You actually know this person who wrote a wonderful book, Braiding Sweetgrass, has affected so many lives and changed so many people's outlooks.
1: Yeah, Dr. Kimmerer is an amazing human being. She was my botanist teacher as a freshman at Environmental Science and Forestry College at Syracuse University. And she was also the chair of the biological station at Cranberry Lake, New York, where I grew up. And I spent five summers there. And so I got to know her and her family through that channel. I have very, very great memories of those days. And I think she even had all the workers from the bio station, like the student workers from one summer, she even had us over for dinner one night during the semester of the following year and got to hear stories and, and get to know her on a more personal level too, which is really special. If she's listening somewhere out there. Hi, Robin. <laughs> Thank you. For and, that. And,
0: and she's a wonderful writer and speaker. She spoke at a national Quaker gathering I was at called the Friends General Conference Gathering. And so many of us already loved her beforehand and just fell deeper in love with her vision, her ability to communicate it, this inclusion of science and spirituality that's rooted in the land. How does that relate to your kind of spirituality? Did you start out uh, religious or spiritual? Did you get that from your parents?
1: Yeah, I grew up attending Presbyterian church with my mother and my sister, for the most part, and go to Sunday school a couple of times a week. So through that, did read and study some of the Bible. I, I did not continue that. Later on, and I guess through science school and the outdoors and art, and studied Native American religion as an elective in school, too. And there was a big connection for me there of how Native peoples utilized and what they valued as far as the land, the water, the air, and the animals in concert. And every different region and tribe was a little differently. But for me as a biologist, and especially in the conservation world, I always felt a really important connection to try to understand the ecology of everywhere we go. And with that, what are the resources for our survival and how it's all interconnected and not um, per se just here for our taking So, I've always had a a large piece of that of the value for more of a spiritual level of what indigenous peoples did over a large, large scale of history.
0: I guess that's my connection to
1: current day religion,
0: if you will. It sounds like a beautiful glimpse in the way of being in harmony with the greater creation. There's so much beauty there. I'm just getting ready to read something for an interfaith gathering from Quakers from, you know, three hundred years ago talking about our oneness. And you you'd almost think it was some kind of Native American talking about that view. But this is distinctively Quaker stuff from back then. And I felt it so often I'm so thankful for the place I live. And you convey your connection to the land through your song so beautifully. So Stardust, Saltwater certainly does a bit of that, but River's name really captures the heart that lives outdoors. Why don't you give us another song so we can get more of that topology of your inner being?
1: Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. I guess a a good segue for that would be a song from my last album, and it's called Like Snow it's basically a poem that kind of came together where I never thought i um, turning 40 years old would be a thing for me. <laughs> but, but you know, like it's wintertime, my birthday's in January, I'm kind of reflecting on a lost pet of ours, our, our dog had died not too long ago, and just wrote this poem. And sometimes a poem you can make into a song and It's not a song that um, I perform too often, but it is a special one, and I thought I would share it with you today. It's called Like Snow.
2: Freeze! Only the sound of falling leaves. The mislaid plans been put to sleep until the sun sets. Each one. Falls. Just like the season, my body's aching, holding onto the cold. Just follow the fold, stray some more, dare to be wise of things you don't know. On a tree Many miles walked in Forty years past all the memories We hope will last only wanted to leave, go, and just a dream, only to get where I needed it. Another year older Feels like snow
0: I'm so ill informed. I didn't even know that the 40th birthday was the black birthday. I, <laughs> but that song, it comes to us from Jonathan Foster about the time of his 40th birthday. The song is like snow and it's from his 2019 release wildlife. Again, you track these things down, find the music, order it and you know, find out where he's traveling. And the way I caught up with Jonathan is because he's going to be traveling, uh, doing a tour for a few months here, including through Trampolo. Wisconsin. Now, Trempolo is probably 80, 90 miles from me, but there's a couple of stations that carry my spirit in action and or Song of the Soul programs that are right there. So I want to give a shout out to WDRT in Viroqua. Viroqua, folks, Jonathan Foster is going to be in Trempolo. July 27th, he's going to be there. And so you can go to his website, JonathanFosterMusic.com, check out his schedule. There's also listeners of ours all across the country, more in California, actually, than any other state. You're going past Iowa City and all kinds of other places. Check out his schedule and get a chance to hear him in person as things open up in the world and we can finally hear live music again. Again, the song we just listened to is Like Snow from Wildlife. And I'm going to rush us on to some more music just so we get everything in. I don't like to actually hurry. I don't know if you've ever read Robert Heinlein's book, Stranger in a Strange Land. But his main character in there, Raised by Martians, a human raised by Martians, they don't have a word for hurrying. They just wait faster. So I'm going to wait faster on your next song, Jonathan.
1: That sounds great next tune is from uh 2017 album, Green-Eyed Bird. And part of the reason I selected this one today is because uh, I, I co-wrote it with my friend Morgan Hannaford, who is an entomologist. And he and his band just released this song on their latest album. Their band is called Honeybee, and they have a, a different take on it. And it's really, really cool. But this is a fable, and this is the history of dragonflies as told by folklore from around the world and put into kind of the context of a scary children's tale or a folk noir, if you will. This is called The Devil's Darner.
0: We're actually traveling, whether he knows it or not, to the Isle of Wight, which is where The Devil's Darner originated. And again, Jonathan Foster is the artist we have here today for The Devil's Darner.
2: From the Cypress swamps and bars to the Tupelo to Slough. Where the rivers twist and fold to the muddy by you, a legend has been told. After young from old, the devil's darner's coming after you. A little boy stuck down to snooze, he was right beside a stream out on all his chores behind his ears he didn't claim by the banks his parents only heard a terrifying scream they searched for days he ain't been seen all you lazy children the devil sent Sent them here, he'll your eyes. Knit your nose, sew your lips and ears. Stinging feels like fire, I'm gonna make you drop a roll. How many will it take to haul away your soul? Oh, well, listen to your elders and do what you are told. Don't let the devil's daughter take your soul. Go on, do what you are told.
0: Jonathan Foster delivering the devil's darner to our doorstep. If you didn't clean behind your ears, oh, my goodness, they're going to haul you away. What people may not realize that on the Isle of Wight, I was originally talking about dragonflies. That's the devil's darner in some of those myths. Are you a fan of dragonflies and are they making a resurgence? Are they going down like frogs were? Not that I'm aware
1: of. They're one of the oldest lineages of insects on the planet. They 've always fascinated me. One thing is they don 't bend their wings that 's part of the prehistoric evolution of the dragonfly what 's great is they eat biting insects that can give us very bad diseases around the world and in the americas the the native peoples were one of the few in the world of all the research that we did that idolized the dragonfly instead of feared the dragonfly. So we were really excited about that aspect of it because I've always been fascinated by dragonflies. And if you put a dragonfly pin on your hat or I, I made some hats that have a dragonfly insignia, they're supposed to keep the mosquitoes away. But yeah, we, we dug up all sorts of goodies from the Isle of Flight from that area all the way into Mongolia, of what the devil would determine you know, <laughs> if your soul was worthy of going to heaven or hell based on how many dragonflies were going to carry it away. So, spicy stuff there.
0: <laughs> I like that phrase, too, folk noir. I mean, that's... <laughs> There are so many folk songs. There's a certain era, I think, where, you know, every folk song resulted in the main protagonist dying in the song. It's at least it got more humor to it when they're going to hell based on whether they wash behind their ears or not. That's good stuff. It's good stuff. And again, that's from Green-Eyed Bird, which is Jonathan Foster's release back in 2017. You're cranking stuff out pretty good. I guess that maybe doing your naturalist, your ecological work, you make sure you keep enough time to write music. Do you do this most days, most weeks? Is this part of every day?
1: Yeah, every day I play, I rehearse. I don't write every day. I should. Sometimes there's tons of war of, of like, okay, it's time for a new project. And I, I write down ideas all the time, but I should focus more on just sitting and doing songwriting. And sometimes it's just, uh, you know, you need that burst of inspiration to try to always think of it that way. But yeah, music's every day for me for certain.
0: And, folks, please do go to Jonathan's website, jonathanfostermusic.com. He's going to be touring over the next few months, and that includes a stop by Trumpelow, Wisconsin, Iowa City. I was just glancing, trying to find everywhere you're going. A lot of it's Western states, and you begin and end in California where you're located. So, folks, there's a whole lot of opportunities you'll have to – Find Jonathan Foster, so please go to the website and check that out. The link's on northernspiritradio.org, and we've got time for one more song. Where are we going, Jonathan?
1: Thanks. I will do one more from the new album, Lantern Shade. It's coming out June 1st. Very excited to share this album with the world. So this last tune, there was a period last year where I felt like all I was writing was irreverent storylines. I couldn't get serious, or these integrity songs weren't coming out. This one made it to the finish line. It kind of has, we talked a little bit about the Beatles. There's a little bit of maybe some beatles white album influence here. It's called When It Gets Dark. It's quite irreverent. You know, I wrote it out at Ruth Lake in the kind of the humble Trinity line in the coastal range west of here, southwest of here. And it's a little bit of a maybe a status check of my own mental health and well-being. <laughs> into maybe just more of a, a magical character ideas. And I try to think kind of visually about things, but this is just a funny story song when it gets dark.
0: We're going to end with that. So I need to check a couple things before we go out. Uh, so Buffalo is not all that far from where you grew up only a few hours drive right a couple hours drive. i heard tears that were being cried in this course of this as well like i'm going to go there so i'll deal with my tears was there some of that a part of it too
1: yeah it is made up of just feeling a little bit trapped last year and and wanting to traveling and, and playing music is a big part of my world and just knowing that you just can't venture out and go places. And so I'm like, well, we're all going to get a chance to reinvent ourselves last year and we can be able to, you know, start anew. And well, I just like the way Buffalo comes off the tongue. My parents met there in school. And so I have this connection. I have lots of friends there, but in my mind, I have a cartoon character riding a Buffalo (laughs) 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 to give you a a little insight of my craziness. There's no reference. There's no reality to the, I'm going to Buffalo further away than any place I know.
0: But what about, you mean it's not real that you swim with a narwhal? No, I
1: mean, I'd love to,
0: you know, (laughs)
1: <laughs> so there's biological references in there like that. And narwhal is an incredible species of whale. And not, not many people know about it up there in the Arctic circle. <laughs>
0: and you, you'll end it. And I, folks, we're going to go out with the song. So I'm trying to cover everything before we head out. 25% of light. Is is this a biologist thing to know? I'm
1: already in, in production of this song. And I'm, I'm on my way to work
0: with my producer
1: on the recordings in town here. And um, there's a study, a physicist study that comes on maybe Science Friday on radio. It's talking about the measure of light in the universe during so much dark times. (laughs) That's how I was interpreting it. And so (laughs) the scientists that study light in the universe say they don't know where 25% of the light out in the Milky Way comes from. And so I'm just really intrigued by it. And it was a complete just ad hoc during the demo take of the song that stayed on there during the demo listens where you're building up the instrumentation and kind of how the song can be parceled out and arranged. And I'm just like, I, I've got to keep that in there somehow. So we turned <laughs> off into a, just a little
0: factoid
1: on Everything isn't so dark, after all, when you think about it from the the universe's uh, standpoint.
0: (laughs) Well, folks, you can get enlightened by Jonathan Foster, including by this song, When It Gets Dark. It's a fun song. It made me think I wanted to hang out with Jonathan Foster and just have some laughs and just think quirky things about the world. Jonathan Foster can go deep. He goes funny. He's got all of his different instruments, folk and acoustic blues and country rock, and he can make your life a better place to live in. So please enjoy it as we listen to him one more song. Jonathan, I'm so fortunate that you called me up, that we got together. And I don't know if I'm going to make that trip down to Trempolo, but I'm sure I'm damn tempted. So thanks so much for spreading your light and your f- humor and your depth. all across the USA.
1: My pleasure to speak with you today, Mark. Thanks for having me on Song of the Soul. I really appreciate you.
0: Again, his website, JonathanFosterMusic.com. Here's the last song, When It Gets Dark by Jonathan Foster. We'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul.
2: When it gets dark That's when the problems start When it gets dark That's when I steal your hearts Well, I'm moving to Buffalo Further away than any place I know Yeah, I'm moving to Buffalo A friend there gonna keep me warm Yeah, I'm moving in real time The rest of the world will be just fine Yeah, I'm moving in light years Stave off all my falling tears Cause when it gets dark That's when the problems start And when it gets dark That's when I steal your hearts And when it gets dark, that's when we all feel so smart. When it gets dark, that's when my problems start. So come and join me in Buffalo, and we'll keep you warm from the snow. I got a favor to ask you. Let's take the train to Alaska. And by the time that we get there We'll need to give some cash to the bears That way we can stand tall And go and swim with all the narwhal Cause when it gets dark That's when the problems start And when it gets dark That's when I steal your hearts And when it gets dark That's when we all feel so smart But when it gets dark That's when my problems start And when we dry off the icicles We'll need to go and rent two red bicycles And hey, did you remember the map? Otherwise we'll never find our way back No, did you remember Remember the map is the only thing I asked and that's a fact Not all who wander are lost, but in this case we're so lost When it gets dark, that's when the problems start But when it gets dark, that's when I steal your hearts and when it gets dark, that's when we all feel so smart. But when it gets dark, that's when my problems start. And then we're going to Iceland and Greenland in the black forest by the yellow river. And then we're going to the blue bayou in the emerald triangle to Timbuktu. See, when it gets dark, you have to remember, there's still 25% of unaccounted light out there in the universe. Well, that's a lot of light. Man, oh, day. Because when it gets dark.